Hello, hello, everyone. We are back. Mark and Taylor bringing you Decaf, a production of the Beacon Center of Tennessee on this beautiful Thursday morning. You'll be hearing it on Friday. But Mark, how's it going today? Everything's great. It's a beautiful day outside. Took Sloan for a long walk today, so I'm feeling good. Aw, Sloan, my little precious dog. For those of you who don't know Sloan, (laughs) Sloan is not the kind of dog that you would picture. Mark is married now, but he got Sloan when he was single. She is a little white fluffy teddy bear dog and I dog sit her from time to time and I think she looks more like a Gloria than a Sloan because she has white hair and her little ears make it look like she has a little bob cut like an old woman. Anyway, I call her Gloria and I love her. So anytime you mention Sloan, I melt a little bit because my roommate and I desperately want Sloan back at the girl's house because she fits in really well with us. The amount of people who say like, oh, this is your dog. Like, oh, okay, you're married. So it's your wife's dog. I'm like, no, no, this was my dog first. This was not, this is this is not dog. Kira's dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the dog I got where like I and I was always a you know an, an interesting it's not necessarily the manliest dog but she's so cute she's awesome she's four pounds and she doesn't shed so it's like for, for no, hypoallergenic it's dogs it's great so it's perfect no she doesn't take up room she does throw up a lot and she does bark a lot but she doesn't shed and she loves the cuddles and we love yes. that she's easy to pick <laughs> up right. and move if she does decide to be intrusive will sloan be joining us i'm sure she will on our election show next week i mean I'm we're sure gonna be on there I'm for sure like she'll eight be. hours she's gonna I'm have sure to make an appearance <laughs> and she's smart because when i'm on camera she's kind of figured out that like she can come here and like kind of growl until i give her a bone and that's like and when i'm on an interview i'm like i gotta bring like 20 bones here just to hand them to or while I'm like, shut up, Sloan. Let me do this. Shut up, Sloan. Well, speaking <laughs> of the election show, we want to tell all our people, all you people, y'all are our people now, that we are doing a, a YouTube live election show next Tuesday, November 8th from 3.30 p.m. until, just just until, talking about <laughs> the rundown of what's going on in the election, what to expect. If you have been listening to this podcast, even at least once, you know that Mark is a gambler. He's a better. So he's been keeping track of the Vegas lines on who is favored to win in this election all across the country. So we will be talking about the results that are actually coming in, the exit polling that we're seeing on Twitter, what Vegas is saying about who is favored in certain elections. And listen, I love a midterm election. I think that midterms are so much fun. I think they're so much more fun than the general because in the general, everybody's just really looking at one race. And you just are like in the in the regular presidential election. Presidential, yeah. Yeah. Midterms are so fun because there are so many things that can change that could seriously alter the course of what's going on in our country right now. So that's what I'm most excited about is seeing some of these Senate races, some of these gubernatorial elections and some of the amendments on Tennessee's ballot. Mark, what are you excited to see? Well, so one of the cool things is we don't we don't get a chance to talk about politics um, on this podcast because, you know, we're you know, we're a C3. So we're a nonprofit and we don't. But this is one of the few chances we get to really talk about it because like we are both very invested in this and we know a lot more more just from the, the than we talk about because we don't but like this is our one one of our few chances to really show that and you know I've been I can tell you every single race in the country right now where it's leaning what the polls say what the Vegas lines say and I feel like what I think is gonna be great about the selection show for anybody listening which you can get it on our just normal website just beacontn.org it's gonna be on the front page starting at 3 30 on Tuesday but what's cool about this is that we're gonna actually give results in a way that the major networks don't do because we're gonna be doing this in a much better way you see Fox News CNN all those things they give you numbers in the bottom like oh yeah whatever this person's up by eight points they don't tell you where the votes have come in from they don't tell you what's left they don't tell you if it's early voting they don't tell you any of those things so by actually using the vegas lines which update live we can give an actual 
idea of where things are at. Because hypothetically, you know, candidate A could be up five points, but it's actually bad because they they did very you know conservative areas, and really candidate B is in the lead right there. So with control of the Senate up, it's going to be very exciting. We're going to be giving you a lot of breakdowns, and we have a lot of great guests. We're going to talk about Tennessee ballot with Justin Jordan. We have Randy, who's who's great. He's talking about the polling and some of the polling errors that have been made, and kind of what he expects. Yes. We've got Holly McCall um, from the Tennessee Lookout, just about what she thinks is going to happen. And then you know, me and you're going to be talking all night, and there's um, there's so many races and we're going to be like listening to this show will put you ahead of your friends because we're going to be telling you what's actually happening not what you see on CNN we're, we're going to tell you what the odds are what things are, where things are moving what parts of the states are coming in and with everyone caring about control of the Senate there's a lot of big gubernatorial races across the country you know control of the house is up for grabs uh, and then a lot of big elections in Tennessee I mean this is the place to be we're going to be having a lot of great information for people and you guys know y'all are our listeners you know me and Mark we don't hold back we're not shy with our opinions we were called at one point equal opportunity offenders so we will be giving A, the results, but B, honest opinions about who we think should have won the seat if it's not the the person that actually did win it based on where the money went and how the campaigns went because we've been watching these campaigns and seeing, you know, someone such and such is putting so much money in this state, they should be winning this area. And if they're not, where did they go wrong? What messed up? And so Mark and I both having a lot of political experience, me working for a political party him working for a lot of candidates, we have a lot of ideas of how campaigns should look and how they should be going. And so we're really excited to give the, the benefit of our expertise on our election night show. And I'll say it doesn't matter if you're a Republican, a Democrat, independent. I mean, we're going to be doing this straight down the middle. We're going to be kind of just looking through facts. And, you know, we might say this person ran a good campaign or a bad campaign, but it's based on, you know, the type of campaign right. they ran, not who we like. Right. So this is going to be a very down the middle show. And we're going to be giving, you know, like you said, real insight about these campaigns, the polls, you know, what the leaning is of, of the state or the area. But it's not going to be like, oh, we're so happy A1, we're so happy B1. It's going to be a very That's fair not our style. So join us, no matter what party you're from, we're going to be giving a great, you know, down the middle analysis based on numbers and, you know, polls and gambling lines, which you, you don't get anywhere else either. It's always, you know, you, you see the networks, you can tell CNN, you know, wants the, the Democrats to win. You can tell MSNBC wants the Democrats to win. You know, Fox News is interested in what the Republicans are doing, wants them to win. So this is going to be a really down the middle thing. And we're just going to give you just the numbers, the stats and the, and the Vegas lines that no other network gives you. So and not only that, we're going to be broadcast on the Tennessee Stars website. Uh, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a conservative outlet here in Tennessee. Uh, we're going to be on the Main Street, Nashville, which is just a news outlet. Um, the Pamphleteer, which is a news outlet all weekly in Nashville. So we're going to be spreading this too. You know, the, the, a lot of you know outlets in the state are going to be actually you know streaming our podcast. Yeah, it's going to be really great. Like I said, we are equal opportunity offenders. We're going to talk about the benefit of our expertise, the benefit of us knowing how to read these election results. And you're just going to get straight up opinions and facts, opinions of solid opinions based on facts. Yes, exactly. Not just editorializing. We're not just going to editorialize yep. these things. So tune in 3.30 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday, November the 8th. Go vote first and then listen to our show. We're going to start before the polls start closing on the East Coast and we're going to have a great time and we hope that we see all of you guys there. One more thing. We're going to start like three hours before the polls close on the East Coast because I do think that's something that's lacking on election days. A lot of times, you know, the, the cover starts at six or seven, like they just start bringing the results. We want to talk about everything that's at stake beforehand and we're going to do all our interviews kind of just to get people prepared beforehand. So if you're looking for something to watch during the day, because I feel like every election day, I'm looking through Twitter, looking at all these things. Like, I wish there's a live show for me to watch before the polls close to see this. And we're giving you that option. So, you know, you're bored, put it on in the background while you're at work. If, if you take the day off, just, just have us on beaconTN.org. And that's all you got to do. 
What we mean to say is you're welcome in advance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're also going to be on Twitter and fingers crossed that we don't get anything fact checked like <laughs> someone did earlier this week. Mark, I think it's very cool now that Elon Musk is the Twitter lord, the Twitter czar, <laughs> and Twitter is actually fact checking people on the left and on the right. Like it used to just be fact checking on the right. And now it's fact checking on the left and it is actually coming to pay off. Tell us about what happened yesterday. It made me absolutely cackle. Tell us what happened and then we'll give some thoughts on it. It was a really, really interesting tweet that the Biden administration put out and it said in our watch for the first time in 10 years, seniors are going to get the biggest increase in their social security checks they've gotten. So uh, so that's something that he said, or seniors are getting their biggest increase in their social security in 10 years through President Biden's leadership. That's what the, the tweet said. Um, and so of it course, sounds, but, let, me, let me just say, at face yeah. value, it sounds like a great brag point. Like we are, we are in such good financial shape that we are able to give social security beneficiaries the largest increase that they're ever going to get. However, hit us with the fact check, Mark. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, here's the thing is he's right. That is all true. Everything he said, there's yes. nothing wrong about that. So, but the context of that is it's because of a law passed in 1972 that social security payments must be increased by the same percentage as inflation. So really what president Biden was bragging about was how much inflation has happened under his watch. And, and it was it's just the biggest, you know, self-owned, like if I was, you know, if I was somebody on the right, I would be running this be like, look, see, even he has to acknowledge, like he was trying to brag about this. And it's, you know, it's a, that's one of those areas where it's like, he didn't lie. That that tweet wasn't a lie. It just he didn't, didn't take lie. the context. It just takes the context of why it happened. And, you know, I feel like we've seen so much fact checking on, you know, COVID or the vaccine or whatever, January, like whatever those things are, they, they seem to only check, you know, one side. And this is a great fact check. And, you know, it's, it's, unanimous that what he said was misleading and everybody has yes. to acknowledge that. And I feel like, you know, one side has gotten a lot of that where the left has kind of gotten away with it for a few years. And now that's apparently not going to be happening anymore. Not the case. Not, not on my watch. Didn't the white house delete that tweet? I'm pretty sure they deleted it. They deleted yeah. it once it was fact so checked <laughs> and, and they, and they, I mean, I, I, I don't like to call people's intention or anything. They lied. They said, oh, it wasn't done yet. The tweet wasn't finished yet. That's why we didn't do it. It was like up for hours. And guess what? I think the White House is smart enough. The White House comms team doesn't think, oh, you know, I just actually did half that tweet. Let me keep it up for a few hours and then delete it. I mean, it's a it's a bold-faced lie. They wanted to add more context. It's it's trash. They just didn't expect to get fact-checked, and they realized how bad that made them look. And, you know, like we said, with these elections coming up, I think the last thing they want to do is really like point a finger to saying, hey, look at inflation. Everyone's number one issue. Look at that and look at how you know it a lot of it happened under our watch whether they're responsible or not he's just basically putting this he's basically giving you know the right a a gift by putting that tweet out there i fully agree i think that you know yes seniors will be getting the largest cost of living increase fact fair you have to include the context in all things politics you have to include the context i remember being in high school and having to write those five paragraph essays i don't know if you remember this mark but you would write a five paragraph essay trying to convince somebody of something and in the third or fourth paragraph you had to include a rebuttal that you were including all the context for what the other side was going to say so that you know that you've thought through the issue i think a lot of times in political speech and in political rhetoric these days people just put their opinions out there and they don't include the context or the rebuttal. They don't acknowledge that there could be another side. And I know Twitter is a hard platform to do that on because it's what, 260 characters, something, 280 characters, something like that. But if you're going to put something out there that was clearly intended to bolster your own party's election results in the upcoming election and not putting the context in, you got to, you got to take what it, what it, ha what happens to it. And what has happened was you got called on it. You got called on your crap. 
he had to take it down. And I, I just think I'm thankful that Twitter is going to start fact checking universally now because I, I too, I fall into the trap of seeing things and getting riled up about it, whether positively or negatively. And I don't know if it's true or false, and then I have to go do research. So I think it is cool that Twitter will be now showing themselves that they will be fact checking. We're going to come back to this a little bit in the in another segment, but good on them. Good on them for for including the context that the White House did not. And under, I think the issue was under President Biden's leadership. If they would have left that out, it's like, okay, that's a fact. Yes, you're being a little misleading by saying why it's happening. But when you say under President Biden's leadership, you were trying to bolster him up and say, look at all the great things he's done. And of course, that took an, a huge turn on him. I do like how, and this is not President Biden specifically, it's, you know, President Trump, but politicians take credit for all these things that this is me, this oh. is me, this is me. But then when the opposite things happen, they say, oh no, this has nothing to do with the president. Gas prices exactly. rising, <laughs> gas prices rising have nothing to do with President Biden. Gas prices getting lowered by a dollar have everything to do with President Biden, right? Inflation has nothing to do with President Biden. Oh, but the cost of the, the, the social security has everything to do with President Biden going up. It's just a joke. It's it's political games. And I'm actually against you on this one. We're like, I wish Twitter fact checked nobody, to be honest, because I just, the oh, idea no. of, but here's the thing is the idea of you i don't really believe that there's many actual nonpartisan fact checkers and i think that right now you're having the issue where now That's the left fair. is going to the left is going to say that they're going to say well you know they're only fact, fact checking us and not the other side which maybe be maybe true i don't know um but like this this whole idea of fact checking means that there's some value there's some clear truth and there is for some things but some things i mean you have to use political or policy you know preferences to make people look bad when you're saying and it's just i think it's impossible to do it fairly i really do i think it's impossible That's to do fact checking completely fairly so i just i mean twitter can do whatever they want they're their own platform we said the whole time when the right was complaining about it uh you know years ago but i i don't think Not that sure. the fact checking thing is uh is necessarily useful especially when you're talking about context um and not just oh this is fit this is false and again we talked about this like this was the whole um when they said that covid wasn't in a whatever a lab and they said that of course it was from a, a bat in a market which we still don't know exactly what's true yet but it seems a lot more likely that it came from a lab and twitter shut that down yeah. said that's not true and that wasn't a fact that wasn't fact checking they said we don't believe this is true and even some of the conspiracy theory stuff which like you know almost all of it i'm like 99.99999 percent sure it's not true but they can't prove it's not true Mm-hmm. Like the Paul, like the Paul Pelosi thing. I'm sure you've seen all the. Have you seen all the right wing oh. stuff on that? But oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I got to be honest. I, I'm pretty sure this. There's a homeless man who intruded his house and and like right. did that. Like I, I don't think there's any right. kind of. There's all these other things, but and, and I'm almost positive that's what happened. I can't prove that. And when we you're fact check, that. and when you're fact checking it, you can't say, oh, this didn't happen. It's like I can say, like this almost certainly didn't happen. Of course, you're gonna have weirdos on both sides who always want to put conspiracy theories the other side. But like that's not a fact. You know, that's what an opinion. We, what if our opinions, though, meet in the middle? And would you get on board with saying elected officials should be fact checked? No, because who's fact checking them? I don't know who's fact checking. That's my whole point. Now, th- this, just, one was a, this one is an obvious know. fact check. But I mean, like, I, like who's the one? Because, I mean, when you talk about fact checking, you always have to say somebody is in charge of this. And nobody is nonpartisan. So this idea that you're having this person who's completely nonpartisan just fact check or this or is this completely just fact check based on, you know, whatever they like. It, it's always an opinion, whether it's it might not be intentional, but there's always an opinion to that. What about official government accounts should be fact checked? 
By who? I I know, I know. Your your argument is by who. Mine is, I don't know. I would like to think, and you know, I'm kind of idealistic sometimes, but I'm also the ice queen and probably one of the most negative people that any of us have ever met. I like to think that there's some types of checks and balances with the fact checking at Twitter under someone like Elon Musk. I don't know. I would like to think that, but maybe I'm wrong. I but just, you, I, you would like to think it because you like Elon Musk. It's not because I it's, it's <laughs> I know, I know. And I like him too. I mean, I like him too, but you like to think it because you happen to believe and, and you know, politically, he's probably a little bit more policy wise. He's probably a little bit more with you than on the other side. So it's like, what, what if I was on the left in this, what would I think? So I do think that it's just not it's a, I, I, I'm okay with them doing it. I just think that there's, they can do whatever they want. They own the business, but I think every fact check, it's it's good to take with a grain of salt and to read all the way through because you know some are great and some by you know the left fact checking the right are great because it's like yeah that's great but then some are you know this was clearly politically motivated or you don't do the same thing for your side so they can do whatever they want it's a private platform like we said the whole time fact check if you want don't fact check if you want i love to see this because i feel like it's been years of the other way but it's a uh, i still don't love it Okay, well, agree to disagree. And for what it's worth, yes, I do like Elon Musk because we agree on a lot of things, but I also think he's a fantastic dresser. And I love people who have so much money they can look at someone and say, I don't care what you think. I love people like that. So, anyway, uh, let's move on. I do that and I don't have enough money, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, but you can't back it up with a bajillion dollars. So. I can't. I cannot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Let's talk about something else that we we're probably going to disagree on. College football. I will say this one time in my whole life. Actually, I can't say that. I say this twice every season. Some of my very best friends in the entire world, they're huge, adamant Georgia fans. And twice a year, I'm a go dogs girl. It's when Georgia plays Auburn and when Georgia plays Tennessee, because I do be hating Auburn. I do be hating Tennessee. Now, do I think that Tennessee is going to win this weekend? Yes. But will I be acknowledging that truth on Saturday in any way whatsoever? Absolutely not. I have a little butt that says they low down, they dirty, they some snitches, which is what Alabama fans say about Tennessee. And I will be wearing it in support of the dogs on Saturday. Now, I don't know how far that's going to go because Tennessee is unfortunately a much better team than I ever wanted to give them credit for. And I am nervous. Mark, please offer your thoughts, but be gentle because I'm very fragile about this. Well, first of all, it's on tape now. So we just send this to your friends for Saturday to be like, I know she won't acknowledge it, but she did. She did on this podcast. Um, I I think it's the first time that practice is I have no idea what's going to happen. I really don't. I could see Georgia just blowing the doors off of Tennessee. I could see Tennessee winning. I mean, I could see anything happening. And, and I am, um, I'm not sure. I think that uh, the the consensus is that Georgia is going to win. Georgia is an eight point favorite, so they're more than a touchdown favorite, which so. actually pretty that's a pretty substantial number. It's a pretty um, substantial number. And, and I think after I think after the Kentucky game, I'm done doubting uh, Tennessee. So I just don't know. I think I'm willing to say like I I, I am not betting on this game. I have no real concept. I think it's going to be probably a pretty good game. But again, I'm not sure what Georgia is because I saw this Georgia versus. Oregon, which look at the greatest team ever, right? They beat Oregon by like 40 something points and Oregon's a, t- a one loss team. Um, yeah. And then I saw them versus Missouri and I've seen them like really not play that well. And I saw Tennessee versus Pitt. So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm interested to watch. I do need to talk about something is the first BCS or not BCS, but the playoff rankings came out and I yeah, am you, you saying BCS. That just took me back to the. I know. Break. I know. I know. I know. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. The, the, the college football playoffs came out yes. and I, and I am so livid. It's insane. I am so mad at this. And you know, I'm not really, I'm not going to hammer Alabama for being sixth. Alabama should be seventh, not sixth, but whatever. That's, that's one spot. I said, be gentle. <laughs> 
I said one spot. I am going to hammer this. What the F? Were, how is LSU a top 10 team? It was the most absurd thing I've ever seen in my whole life. They shouldn't even be top 25. They are an absolute trash football team. They have what? what no, they have one top 25 win. They lost to Florida State, who is awful. They lost by like five touchdowns to Tennessee, and they beat Auburn. Great. They beat Auburn by four. Is, is that is that make you a, a top 25 team? And the only reason they're doing this, and this is, you know, you don't talk about conspiracy theories, maybe. The only reason they're doing this is because they want to give Alabama another top 10 win. That's exactly what they want to happen. It, it is all Alabama-based because LSU is an dumpster fire of a football team that is clearly only being you know propped up because of the sec so i could talk about anything else but this is absolutely absurd and i'm so mad tcu should obviously be ahead of alabama but this is way more offensive to me that a two loss lsu team with no good wins they beat Ole miss great that they're that they're a top 10 team it's it's an absolute joke and whoever did this should be ashamed of themselves i just had to mute myself i was cackling when you were talking about LSU because I also hate LSU. I can't stand them. So I'm really excited for this weekend. I was going to go to the game, but things life got in the way. But I mean, I think you're right. I think that they want us to get a top 10 win. I don't think that LSU deserves that spot. And here's the thing. I love Bama and I love winning and I love when we get special favor. Okay. I really do. I relish in getting favor because we are Alabama, but I don't like the pity. I don't know. I'm really torn on it because I like that people say, oh, they're Alabama. So they automatically get a spot in the playoffs. Like I like getting the spot in the playoffs, but I hate knowing that it comes from a place of well, they're Alabama. Like, I want to earn it. We, I want to be gritty and I want to earn it. So I'm really torn on how I feel about this. And the thing is, though, I will say that Alabama got some favor in this poll. They should they should be behind TCU. Uh, Alabama still has zero top 25 wins, zero. TCU has two. TCU's undefeated. Alabama's lost. It doesn't make any sense why they're behind them. But it's not that. It's because they're trying to set up Alabama for this next week. So they're going to have to ju- They're probably going to jump an undefeated Michigan team and maybe an undefeated Clemson team, too. They are just setting them up. And the thing is, I think Alabama's going to just be the crap out of LSU. I think LSU is bad. Um, and yeah. it, it's more of a setup for them trying to explain why a one loss Alabama team gets in the playoffs over an undefeated Clemson team, an undefeated Michigan team. This is all the setup. Now, if Alabama loses again, they can't do that, but they are setting them up so that they, they and, and I am just so mad. And I want to say who else should be in the top 10 who, for some reason, nobody cares about is a seven and one two lane team who people have ignored. They oh. beat Kansas State, who is a a one loss team in the Big 12. You know, they beat Houston, they beat East Carolina, and this is a, they're number 19, and it's only like they're just as good. Their resume is better than Alabama's is, and they're whatever, 13 <laughs> spots behind, 13 spots behind them. Um, So, whatever. I'm really mad about this. I'm excited to watch this Georgia Tennessee game, but it'll be interesting what the loser of this game, how far they fall, right? Because it's yes. the one and two right now. Will yes. they fall to four? Does Georgia, if they lose, are they behind Alabama or in front of them? That is a very fair. Oh, I love this stuff. I love they the should, analytics. I will say stuff. they should be, if you look at numbers, they should be behind Alabama because Alabama lost on the road and Georgia would have lost at home. Right. But Georgia that, also has a good, oh, yeah, was- Georgia also has a top. 15 win. Alabama has no good wins. And I don't, this LSU one, I don't care what happens to LSU. They are like, this is an absolute exception to the top 10. They are the worst top 10 team in history. They might end up with five losses this year. I just want to say this when they're unranked or they're only ranked as their SEC and they have five losses, let's remember I told you how bad LSU is. Hey, I, I'm with you. They're a terrible team and I can't wait. They also to- Florida State. Florida State. I, <laughs> I can't wait to, to just 
pound them into the ground and leave nothing but a grease spot on Saturday. But I uh, I totally agree with you. LSU is overrated, and I hate Tennessee. And that's my and that's my assessment of this week. I want to say um, LSU should be unranked. They shouldn't even be a top twenty five team. They, at, at best, they should be twenty fourth, twenty fifth. They should like they shouldn't even. It's it's disgusting. I'm truly disgusted by this more than almost any ranking ever. And not even Alabama. It's LSU, and it's such a sham. And that's not even a hot take. I fully endorse that. Not a hot take. That's a that's a mild take. And I yeah. and I uh, agree with that completely. Before we go, we're going to talk about Twitter for one more second because we know everybody knows I love Elon Musk. I love the idea that a man has so much money that he can dress fabulously <laughs> and also do whatever he wants to do and not care what anyone else says. I love that because I tend to do whatever I want to do and not care what anyone says. And I simply don't have the resources to back it up. Mark, I feel like you're probably the same way. But Elon Musk, man, he does. And so I I love that he can do that. Now, he is now the Twitter's are, and he is not being shy about what he thinks. So there was news this week that Twitter might start, or maybe they officially are starting, to charge a, subs- a monthly subscription fee for the blue check mark. Now, I hate social media. If you know me, you know that as of recently, I guess probably in the last year, I have taken a mad swing against social media. I think it is it is the very bane of my existence. And so I think it's interesting that so many people care so much about it. You remember when Instagram went down earlier this week, Mark, and the Wall Street Journal even wrote about the fact that Instagram was down for like eight hours and all these mom influencers were freaking (laughs) out. Like, why are we so reliant on social media? Nevertheless, there will be potentially or Maybe for sure. Do you know if it's happened? It's for yep, sure yet, Mark? It, it's happening. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Yep. It's happening. Okay. So there will be an $8 a month subscription fee in order to have a blue check mark by your name on Twitter. There have been people who we will not mention names that are saying that this is a violation of free speech. That is insane <laughs> because whether or not you have a blue check mark, it doesn't impede the fact that you can still say what you want to say on the internet in public in any public forum, having to pay a subscription fee for a blue check mark by your name does not impede free speech. And I could talk about this till I'm blue in the face because I think it is actually crazy that people would say that. But uh, Mark, what are your thoughts on it? I don't know if we agree or disagree on this, but I, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think first of all, let's remember that like, I know we can drown social media, but a lot of people's jobs it, it, it rely on that, including yours, which is interesting right. that you hate it so much. Um, <laughs> Because she runs all of our it's social true. media, does all it's of our true. ads. This is just that's part of her job. So if that went down, I don't, I'm not sure that you would, we'd still need you, but no. I'm just, <laughs> I know. No, it, it is bad. I, I really have, Justin gets on my case all the time because he's like, our social media manager hates social media. And I'm like, listen, I love it for purposes of sharing information for things like that. But I don't like the thought of everything all the time that you do, every meal you eat, every place you go, the broadcasting of every single thing you do and every thought that you have in your head. That drives me absolutely insane and it makes me feel suffocated anyway go ahead i know like when blink 182 comes back and people post about it um but so i think that uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm really getting a lot of grief right now (laughs) no i I think that it's interesting that so elon musk officially took over he paid all that money for twitter he's the head of it and i I mean it's obviously has nothing to do with free speech that's absolutely insane and you know you're here in the left here but what is interesting about this is just the way that the the um tables have turned and you have one side the right who said you know oh this should be, you know, the, the government needs to get involved. They need to regulate this. This should be something where the left's like, this is a private business. They can do whatever they want. And, you know, and now, and they said that, and, and of course the left was right 
in, in that scenario. Like it's right. not the government's job to, <laughs> right. to do all that stuff. Now that Elon Musk has done it, it's a complete 180 where we're having the Republicans and the and the and the you know right say, no, this is a private platform. They can do it. and they're actually even using the Democrats' words against them, which is smart. <laughs> but then it's like they're they're they don't realize like you were on the other side of this when it was somebody you didn't like. <laughs> We value consistency of opinion around here and you can't just change your mind. I think that's what bothers me about a lot of politicians and a lot of public figures is that they change their mind and they flip their message when the circumstance warrants it or dictates it. And that drives me actually up the wall. And I think that might also be my source of strife with social media is because they change their message and then they decide to share it to the world and people bump, pump them up for absolutely nothing. But that is exactly what is happening. Oh, how the turntables, Mark. And, and it's like, yeah, it's like the left was, you know, rightfully defending free speech, even when I, I think that we agree that the, the, the social media between Facebook and Twitter was clearly helping them in different ways. They were clearly making it harder for, for people on the right. They were fact checking them while they kind of let, you know, the left go. Um, and, and they were I think they were unfair. I think it's pretty clear that if you look at it, they were not fair to the right and they gave the left preferential treatment. Now, I didn't like that. But also, I'm like, that is their whatever they want to do. They are social. They, they are a, a privately owned company. They can do what they want now. Yes. It, it, you know, it's the, maybe not even the other way around, just maybe it's fair. And of course, the left doesn't like that. It's like, oh, I don't want to pay $8. I don't want you to fact check our president. I don't want all these things like, and I, this is, you know, a, an attack on free speech when it was a private company, you know, a year ago. And it's just, it's so insane. I can't deal with it. The the hypocrisy of like literally six months, that's all it was between like where you're saying it's a, it's a private company being, oh no, you have to stop every kind of speech I don't like. It's just, it, it's really, really shocking. And as much as it just shows the, I think it shows how fickle both sides' arguments are. It's just, I don't like the person running this. I don't like what this is doing to me and, and, and what I believe in. That's all it is. And it's, it's sad and it's frustrating and it just shows the hypocrisy of both sides. Let's just put this out here as a definitive statement. Charging someone for a shiny badge on Twitter is in no way a threat to that person's free speech. Okay, can I can I say that as a definitive statement? Mm -hmm. I'm going to. I'm going to. It is. It's not that is true. That is unequivocally true. So, I just I think that shaking things up on Twitter with Elon Musk buying it is what Twitter has needed because it has become just a cesspool of filth at this point of just opinions and people bashing everybody else and if he wants to spice things up a little bit and make it so that a blue check mark actually means something then by all means more power to him I have I take no issue with that and I am a free speech like absolutist and I know that that's kind of crazy to say but I, I really am I'm a free speech absolutist and look Looking at this, I uh, determined that this is not a violation of what I believe. Every single platform that has a free thing and then can charge for extra things would be a violation of free speech, like the whatever video games where you can pay money to get like whatever to get ad free or to get coins uh, or whatever. YouTube, YouTube, HBO, YouTube. Uh, Hulu has the ads package. Is the is the non ads package? Is that is that a violation of free speech for Hulu? Medium, that blogging site. Oh, where yo, you have my to gosh. Pay to read oh. and write. That's big. T- what about like the New York Times or Washington Post that have paywalls so you can read like three? Or is that is that a violation of free speech? Is that a violation? Seems I know. Like it. it's, it's exactly true. You are, Mark, that was that was the best point that you could have made. All of these other outlets, are they violating free speech by making you pay? I think not. <laughs> according so, to some people. Anyway, <laughs> according to some people. <laughs> so those are our hot takes on free speech and Twitter. Uh, if you disagree with me on social media, feel free to let me know. Put me on blast in the comments because it is my job. And 
said, I love my job, but I don't run a post personally. If you see my social medias, you will understand that. One more thing before we go, in lieu of doing our regular decaf episode this week, we will be doing a special bonus episode of election coverage that we will be recording right after the election show that will come up in your app if you subscribe to our podcast. So we won't have our regular four topic funny haha talk next week. It will be all about the results of the election, our special recap. It will be posted in the in your Spotify and Apple podcast apps as a bonus episode. So be sure to subscribe on those apps so that you will get that special bonus episode. And you'll also be able to find it on Facebook and on Twitter, ironically, based on everything I've just talked about. Mark, do you have any other thoughts before we go? That's it. We'll see you next week. We're so excited about the election show. So make sure you end t- Tuesday, 3.30 Central until who knows when. Until who knows when. This has been Decaf, a production of the Beacon Center of Tennessee with Mark and Taylor. We'll see you next week. Hey, hey.